Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. This is a recorded message. Your call is important to us. I don't know about you, Ryan, but that absolutely drives me nutty when I get those get those messages, phoning calls, centers. There's something about hearing that my call is important in the face of evidence that it's not, that it's clearly <laughs> not. Like it, it almost feels like they're mocking you at that point. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, I totally agree. And it, you know, it, you know, you've been waiting on the phone for thirty minutes, and you're just going. <laughs> Well, it's clearly not important to you because I, you would. I think I got one from the IRS. I was calling in about something, and they said your call is very important to us. The wait time is six and a half hours. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Yeah, you are three thousand seven hundredth in the queue. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, we just couldn't be bothered to staff the course uh, the contact center uh, enough. But um, there you go. Oh, it's going to cost us too much money to to do it. So you're just going to have to wait. But it's important. So, uh, but I guess part of the problem with that is that, you know, it's all right talking about feeling frustrated and everything else. But, you know, uh, the subject of this week's podcast is measuring customer emotions and measuring customer experience. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is clearly a key subject um, because, you know, there's no old classic old phrase of if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Yeah. Um, and therefore, looking at, we're going to look this week at the measurement that can be used. Um, Ryan's going to talk a little bit about some of the more, what would you, how would you describe those tools, Ryan? Um, maybe academic. They're exotic, maybe. Uh, I, I think some of these have worked their way into mainstream market research, but uh, a lot of them haven't. And we'll talk about why and the advantages and disadvantages. Right. So I've never heard the word of uh, word exotic and academia used in the same sentence before. Oh, we're all exotic. We're like exotic <laughs> birds. People are just happy to collect us. <laughs> okay. So let me let me waffle for a bit about um, customer measures and customer emotions. Um, and obviously Ryan's going to jump in, and then we'll we'll go on and talk about the exotic academia because I can't wait for that bit. Oh, I so you're excited. Yeah, I am. Um, so one of the one of and by the way, uh, a, a shout out to my Larson who um, contacted us and asked us if we could address this subject. So thanks very much, Brian. Nice to um, get some um, people contacting us. And if you want to contact us with any suggestions, then just uh, email at contact at Beyond Philosophy. Um, uh, so um, yes, Colin and I are, are happy to pretend we know the answers to any questions you want to ask. So, absolutely uh, absolutely uh, and if we can if we can carry on using exotic and academia in the same sentence we can address anything so um I take that so, as a challenge <laughs> so the the measures um uh, the, the the sort of the best not the best uh, one of the key measures i would certainly still have would be net promoter and i think everybody knows what net promoter is but effectively, it's for those of you that don't, it takes uh, ask one simple question, which is what is the likelihood to recommend, um, you know, company uh, A to a friend or a, uh, or a colleague? It's on a scale from zero to 10. Uh, if you're 
Alt to six, you are a detractor. If you're a seven and an eight, you are a passive. If you're a nine or a ten, you are a, a promoter. You take your promoters away from your detractors and come up with your net promoter score. Now, the reason I like net promoter is um, that it's simple uh, and everybody can understand it. The other reason I I like it is because you can compare yourselves against other organizations uh, and other experiences um, and there's lots of data out there that will talk, talk to you about um, what um, you know reports on what, what different companies how they're performing um, the the reason uh, and the other reason I like it is because it talks about recommendation and recommendation for me encapsulates some of the more emotional aspects of things so if i said to ryan you know i'm coming to atlanta uh, is there a good restaurant you know in, in atlanta that i could go to and ryan suggested somewhere and then the, you know it wasn't very good then i'm sure he would you ryan you would feel a bit guilty the next day when i said well, it wasn't very good didn't have a good meal there i, I would i feel very very bad. And I said, did you try the exotic tacos while you were there? Because <laughs> if not, I, it's not my fault. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and the good thing, but the bad thing about, about um, Net Promoter is, for me is this. It, everybody, um, too many people think it's the answer to life, the universe mm. and everything. And it's not. Um, it, it, it's a good measure amongst a group of measures that you should have. Um, the key one for me that is important, particularly when you start to talk about measurement of emotions, um, it is, you know, the first thing for me is that you need to be defining the emotions that you are trying to evoke in your customers. And those emotions should be the emotions that drive value. In other words, you get money out of the money uh, improvement, net promoter, whatever you define value as being. So you should be turning around and saying, you know, we want customers to feel valued. We want customers to feel cared for, whatever it may be. And clearly, guess what? You should be then measuring those things. So you should be asking your customer, um, you know, do you feel cared for do you feel valued and that should be what i would call it the transactional points um i.e you know i'm uh, i'm going into a store i'm going to measure that experience of the store i'm going online i'm going to measure whether i feel cared for online um so transactionally but overall as well you know once a month uh, you know overall um looking at those uh customers and whether they're customers or actually or non and non-customers as well you know prospective customers um so for me ideally you would have something like net promoter um you would then be defining which uh, emotions you're trying to evoke and then measuring those as well typically those would need to be measured today in things you know in just surveys um uh but um you know that has some challenges and um, part of the challenges is what people then remember um any thoughts from you Ryan? uh yeah I, I think that there are three or four really important 
things that you uh, touched on there that that bear kind of repeating. Um, the first is uh, you'll notice that Colin uh, had a list of the things that he liked about Net Promoter Score, and then also some of the things that he didn't like about Net Promoter Score, some of the drawbacks. Um, that's the approach that you should take to all, all measurement. Um, that there is no single right way to measure anything. Uh, it's all trade-offs. So certain ways of measuring something will bring certain benefits, but have certain you know disadvantages of, associated with it. Um, and I think that that Colin's pros and cons for Net Promoter specifically were really good. I mean, it's it's a nice general purpose overview measure, um, and I think that that there are strengths associated with it there. Um, let me let me tell you my favorite net promoter score. Um, I came out of a rest story. I came out of a, a restroom at a, an airport, and um, somebody was there with a, an iPad and said, "Hey, you know, can you take this quick survey for us?" Um, and I'm, I said, "Sure." Uh, and so she asked me a bunch of questions about the restroom, like, "Was it clean? Was it well stocked? All this stuff." And there was a net promoter score question in there. This one, this poor woman. <laughs> with a straight face, had to ask me if I would rec- recommend this restroom <laughs> to a friend. You've never I, recommended it to me. I, I didn't. I, I told you to go to that restaurant, but not to the restroom. <laughs> the back restroom. Like, it was just, I, I felt so bad for her, and I had, to, I had to tell her, I said, look, I've never recommended a restroom to anyone, <laughs> ever, in any you, setting. No, Imagine, I recommend this restroom. You, you need to go to the restroom and you, you're driving along and you think, you know what, I'm going to go to that restroom that Ryan recommended. It's only 10 miles away. And well, I'm passing all it these other ones. It was worse than that. It was in an airport terminal. Like, you'd need to buy a ticket. <laughs> it's worth it, though, was it? I mean, if it's a good experience, it's going to be worth it. I mean, my, my flight's departing from Terminal B, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. That Terminal A restroom, man, it was just clean. Uh, yeah, so... It, Use some sense about this stuff. The other one of the other points that, that Colin raised, the, the nice things about Net Promoter are that it's general, uh, make it easy to understand, easy to track, easy to compare. Um, but to Colin's point, it, it doesn't give you any information about why, about what's what's going on under the surface. Yeah. So if your Net Promoter sto- score starts slipping, um, you know you you've got an idea that something's not going right, but what is not going right? What are you going to change? What are you going to try to to improve upon? Well, if you're not capturing something deeper in terms of your measures, then you don't know. You don't know what you should change um, because you don't have any information on that. Uh, and you know the argument. Well, we can start collecting information on that. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, once things are in crisis, you can start looking into the problems. But then you have no historical reference either. So you you see that some particular emotional state is very low. But maybe it's always been low because it's just not that important for driving value for your organization. So yeah, I, a broad spectrum of these different research questions that all have their own kind of benefits and, and drawbacks is uh, the best approach to take. Yeah, and I think the other thing that you made me think that, you know, what happens typically is organizations have measures of the rational stuff. You know, um, how quickly do you want us to answer the phone? How, you know, quickly do you want us to deliver things, et cetera, et cetera. What they don't have are the emotional measures. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and that's where you can really miss out. So you may be able to turn around and say, well, actually the declining our net promoter score uh, was down to our inability to, you know, uh, deliver something within two days. Um, but the, there is also you need to look at that emotional side as well. And most when I look at most organizations measurement, there's virtually no emotional measurement that 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 happens and again it's not either or it's uh, you should be having emotional measurement as well as what you've currently right. uh currently got at, at the moment as well and i think the only other thing i would add in all of this and maybe this ties into some of the stuff the this exotic exotic academia thing which i'm really looking forward to um is the you clearly can't ask somebody what you know how they were feeling in an experience they had nine months ago mm. when they went into a toilet in or went into a, a restroom in some particular airport uh so it has to be pretty you know you, you need to do it within a week or two weeks at the very most ideally you know you'd need to to, to capture that virtually um uh, at the same point but it you you, you gotta they've got to remember it as uh, as well yeah so let's go exotic. This is right. the first time on this podcast we've ever gone exotic. Tell us about this exotic academia. See, you're coming dangerously close to me, feeling like you're you're mocking me now and not actually <laughs> thinking that these are exotic. I, I think you're going to eat your eat your cynicism here in just a moment, Colin. Um, I'm, I'm sure I will. So the the ways that that we've been talking about whether it's never promoter score, whether it's, um, you know, asking people about specific emotional states, these are all done using traditional uh, survey question type of design, right? It could be paper and pencil, it could be administered online or on a smartphone, but it's, I ask you a question and then you respond on a scale measure of some kind um, with uh, how happy or sad you are, or how content you are. Uh, it, and those are great. Um, that You can do, do a lot with those. But they're not the only ways of measuring uh, and measuring emotions specifically. So there are entire um, research streams that have been devoted to decoding and understanding uh, facial expressions and body language. Yep. Uh, so one way of measuring emotion is to videotape your customers um, and then and go through and, and try to encode, you know, what are their facial expressions telling you and, and what are what is their body language telling you? Uh, and there are, as I said, there, there's research that's been done on this. You can look yep. up these um, indexes that uh, where they've encoded how you should uh, kind of mark down all these things. Uh, so, so there's kind of the, the, that observational or um, uh, physiological response. Um, uh, some motions are associated with arousal, which is kind of how excited you are physically. Um, and, and there can be both positive and negative emotions that are high in arousal, but arousal does things to your body. So your heart rate increases um, and you're feeling a high arousal emotion. So that can be measured. There's something called, are you ready for this, Colin? Galvanic skin conductance. Oh, that sounds exotic. I'll tell you what that is. <laughs> yeah, uh, please. When, you're, when your, your body is aroused, when you're feeling a high arousal emotion, um, so uh, anger is a high arousal emotion. Uh, um so is um, uh, excitement, like like uh, joyful excitement. Um, those would be high arousal emotions. When you are in in that 
state, um, you, your sweat glands respond a little bit, um, not enough that you would notice, but it changes the conductivity of your skin. So if you were to run a very gentle electric current across your skin, um, it would in, in it would have less resistance if you were in an excited state. Yeah. And that's measurable. So uh, scientists have used this actually going back decades. It's a real low-tech piece of equipment. Um, you just connect a couple of electrodes to somebody's arm. Um, it runs a current through it. They don't even feel it. But when they are in a, a more aroused state, uh, when they're feeling one of these uh, emotions, then it'll you can read it on an ohmmeter. It, it changes the resistance. Um, a pupil dilation is another way of measuring the stuff. Um, semi-exotic, I would say. That when you see something that you like, um, your body responds to that um, by dilating your pupils. Your your pupils get larger. Um, so there are a number of these physiological responses that can serve as indirect measures of uh, emotion. There's uh, increasingly sophisticated software now that you can get where if you videotape someone's face, um, the software will parse the micro expressions and um, show kind of millisecond by millisecond what emotion the person is likely feeling. Uh, I, I want you to uh, sufficiently exotic for you, Colin. The, incredible. I can yeah. see myself on the beach, beach with those things on my head anyway, all the That's time. what I thought. We're so pleased that you're listening to this episode of The Intuitive Customer. As a listener, we want to offer you a free download of Colin's ebook, Unlocking the Hidden Customer Experience. Take advantage of this free offer being made available only to listeners of this podcast. Do it now. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast and follow the link for the free book. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. The reality is, is the way that we conduct research at the moment by asking customers questions is not really great because, you know, particularly um, because you're, you know, you're, you're asking somebody a question. Some A lot of the time they obviously don't know if that what they're feeling yeah um, so a number of these things i think are you know are good um to to look at the it part of the issue for me becomes just the practicality of them yep. i think the one that and and we've talked about this again is you know the facial expression is definitely the one that's that's got legs on it um the um and 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 you know that is certainly an area that um, uh, I, I think is going to become increasingly important. Uh, but if you lo- look into, uh, we've talked again about before some of these ones that would look at not brain waves, but um, yeah, is it brain signals or? Yeah, so there's there's two different ways of looking at uh, the brain. One is a EEG, which measures kind of yeah. differences in electrical field based on brain activity. Um, and then the other is, is fMRI, or functional magnetic yes. resonance imaging, um, which looks at changes in blood flow uh, to yes. different parts of the brain. Yeah. and But the trouble with those things is they're about the size of a car, aren't they? Yeah. So, fMRIs are giant magnets that are, yeah. you know, bigger than your desk. Yeah. So it's a, a bit of a difficulty getting a customer to go through one as they're having a customer experience. But, um, you know, they're very, very expensive to run. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I think that, you know, I think we're going to see some of those things come to the fore over the next 20 years. Uh, um, But there's, you know, there's limited practicality with those things, I think, at the moment. 
the only one, as I say, that's got legs. I think he's going to be the facial recognition one. Um, and, and I mean, I think that, again, the, the appropriate response is to not look at these as better or worse or right yeah. or wrong or appropriate or inappropriate. It's all trade-offs. Um, so any of these, you know, even the, the you know, micro expressions and the facial recognition, you know, there's always going to be trade-offs there in terms of time and expense. If you run these facial recognition tools and you end up getting responses that are kind of more or less the same as the surveys that you've been running before, yes. you just spent a lot of money and slowed things way down in order to not get any more usable information. Um, again, this is not to knock on that technology. I think that there are instances where you could get better data. It, yeah. On the other hand, it can be difficult to, to use that data or to use that tool in the situation. So right now, most of these uh, facial recognition tools are designed to work for people sitting in front of a screen. So they've got yeah. multiple cameras that capture from multiple angles. Um, at the point where you can start to get that information in store, as people are experiencing things, then it'll change that set of trade-offs that uh, they have to make. But uh, don't abandon surveys. Uh, they're very, very no. powerful tools. No, absolutely. So, so so let's maybe just sort of try and pull this together. Um, the So for me, the uh, again, what does this all mean? And going back to uh, my Larson's question, um, you know what? What would you should you have for customer experience measures? Uh, so for me, it should be something like Net Promoter or Net Promoter. I think that's good. Um, and going to the um, what both Ryan and I have said, you know, all of these things have, have limitations. Uh, I, I absolutely believe that you should be defining the emotions that you're trying to evoke, and then you should be measuring those things. And one, you know, defining the emotions you're trying to be evoke should be the emotions that drive value. And therefore, you need to do research on that. Uh, I think we've talked about this in the past. We have a particular tool that we've been using since 2005 called an emotional signature, which looks at which emotions uh, and being able to effectively put an ROI against which emotions would be best for you to evoke. Once you've got that, you can then start to measure those emotions and they should be measured at a, what I would call it a transactional level, i.e. let's say going into a store or going online and then measured more at a holistic level as well. Uh, that doesn't mean to say that you should stop any of the measures that you've currently got. You know, again, this is, this is in addition to rather than in dead of um, um, but th that would be the my best advice how about yourself Ron? Uh, I've got two pieces of advice maybe the first piece of advice is that um, Professor Hamilton is super exotic and is interested in very exotic and interesting <laughs> things uh, that's one piece of advice how do we measure that the second well uh, <laughs> the second I think it's useful to think about uh, measurements or, or what I would call dependent dependent variables, dependent measures, as existing along a kind of a continuum. So there's this stuff that's relatively easy to get at and has a high degree of correlation with what you're changing. Uh, so if I show you an ad and measure your galvanic skin resistance, um, I have a high degree of confidence that whatever I showed you is causing the response. But it's not clear that that, you know, 
that level of arousal change is all that useful to you in the long run, you ultimately want people to buy more. So if we think of the, the skin reactants and the pupil dilation as being all the way at one end, all the way at the other end is like long-term profitability or, or long-term sales. Those are things that you care most about from a business perspective, but it's going to be, be hard to tie those things back to some specific ad campaign that you ran a lot of times. So sure. I encourage people to think about their dependent measures as existing along this continuum and to, to try to measure the whole continuum, right? So measure the, the kind of immediate stuff to the extent that's practical, measure the emotional states that are driving value, measure the ultimate value itself through a net promoter score or something else, and then measure the, the outcomes that you want through kind of sales changes. That complete set of measurements will give you a much clearer picture of what's going on than any single measures, whether it's just the emotions or just the outcomes. Um, the, the point of research is to, to gain insights, to, to figure out what's going on. Um, and so you really hamstring yourself if you don't get a, a breadth of measurements. Yeah. And I would add the other the other part of research, because I see this happen far too often, is getting insights to understand what's going on and then do something about it. Too many times in organizations I see that they do great research and then do bugger all about it, basically. And bury it somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Um, so I think that brings us to the end of this uh, podcast. Uh, if you want any further thoughts on um, uh, measurement or whatever, then please just reach out to us. Just um, drop us an email at contact at beyondphilosophy.com. That contact at beyondphilosophy.com. And um, Ryan and I will look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks very much. Bye. This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. <laughs>